Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Poddo. On Christmas Day last year, I drove from Cheltenham to Surrey after breakfast. The Christmas morning roads were nearly empty and snow fell on the A417 like rice at a wedding. Except during the First World War when the practice was banned due to food scarcity. But we weren't in the First World War or at a wedding and the snow fell with reckless economic abandon. Except, of course, it didn't. The snowfall is in my memory but not in reality. In reality, according to iCloud's searchable database, the snow was drizzle. The drizzle became rain, the A417 became the M4. And so I found myself on Christmas Day 2021, full-bladdered, disembarking from my silver car and stepping out into the greyness of Reading Motorway Services. Christmas Day at a motorway service station is a communion of different types of traveller. Key workers, long-haul drivers, children of divorce being shuttled between families, oblivious adults who don't own calendars, and the staff in the service station, mainly Muslims, Hindus and Sikhs, milking the overtime on a meaningless festival, distractedly dispensing espresso, selling tins of travel sweets, mopping urine from the floor of the gents. And in the toilets at Reading Services on Christmas Day, I see graffiti in the stall that reads, Chelsea Waite and Gavin Garcia are hacking brains with iPhone. Through updates and robbing banks, spread the word. NP20 Newport Harlequin. I flush and silently bow to spread the word. After all, I'm an iPhone user. I'm using my iPhone to drive home for Christmas and I feel momentarily like Christopher Anton, Chris Rear. Chris Rear driving home for Christmas. Chris Rear stopping at Reading Services. Chris Rear ordering an Egg McMuffin. Chris Rear admiring the industry of the South Asian workforce. Chris Rear ordering an extra hash brown because, you know, it's Christmas after all. In the toilets at Reading Services on Christmas Day. I see graffiti in the stall that reads, Chelsea Waite and Gavin Garcia are hacking brains with iPhone through updates and robbing banks. I performed a version of this piece on stage a few weeks ago at an event in East London. I stood there in front of a crowd of trendy millennials hopped up on Capri Suns and told the story of Reading Services. After I'd come off stage, I went to the gents myself, and as a result of a combination of a few pints, a piss-soaked floor, and the fact I always wear gripless squash shoes, I immediately slipped over. From my helpless position there on the floor of the men's toilets, like Gregor Samsa adjusting to life as a beetle, I found myself looking up at the only other occupant, relieving himself at the urinal. I enjoyed your poem, he told me. What is it about motorway services that brings out the poetic quality of the British mind. 
Simon Armitage, the incumbent poet laureate, published in 2010 a pamphlet entitled The Motorway Service Station as a Destination in Its Own Right. Naturally, it was shortlisted for the Michael Marx Award, one of the highest prizes in British poetry. But the poetry of the modern services is not always intentional. I find myself looking on the internet for those places where joy springs through the cracks, like tiny petals flowering after a nuclear holocaust. Do you have a favourite motorway service station? asks one poster on Reddit. She receives 139 replies. Some nominate places like Tibay, which I've only ever seen written down and may not be pronounced like that, and Gloucester. Fancy farm shop service stations where you can buy quinoa salad boxes and turmeric lattes. But others have a more elliptical appeal. Fleet is properly good, one poster says. I feel that south building is significantly better than north. But northbound has a more in-the-woods feel with the picnic benches. But they have the decency to build the bridge so you're not stuck with one or the other. Cobham may not have the glamour or class of Gloucester, replies another but it has a central food court, so you can do the perfect fast food combo. KFC chicken with McDonald's chips. Nobody mentions Reading. On the TripAdvisor page for the Reading motorway services, people will complain about anything. Music so loud you could have a disco. Dark brown chicken at KFC. Urinals in the ladies' loos. From 350 reviews, it has an overall rating of just 2.5, and only a neat and round 2 for atmosphere. But there are also dozens of five-star reviews. Reviews from people who want to tell the world about how they successfully used the toilet on a Thursday morning, or how the Burger King chicken burger was freshly cooked, or how the staff at Costa hadn't stolen her identity when she left a handbag at the site. Simon Armitage is right too in his metropolitan irony. Reading Services is a stopping place, not a trip in its own right. Passing through, pit stop, tea break. A place to come and go, the only place you can do so. So who went there with a marker pen and wrote about Chelsea waiting Gavin Garcia and how they were hacking brains? Who left that note for me to read on Christmas Day? Were they just stopping by, digesting their boneless banquet and committing a stray thought to the toilet wall? Or did they get in their car and go to Reading Services, with the express intention of scrawling political slogans over the bog. Are they the people who are using the motorway service station as a destination in its own right? Graffiti, from the Italian word graffiato, meaning scratched, has a long history. Graffiti was scrawled on the walls of caves, etched into the temples of ancient Egypt, daubed over the walls of Pompeii. It is an outcast form of art or communication, a public gallery for the disenfranchised. As a child of the 1990s, graffiti will always be associated, for me, with moral panic. It was up there with unexpected pregnancies and drug overdoses and the things that we were warned against, a message hammered home like an ancient chisel on an ancient wall. Nowadays, graffiti is sold for money. $12.9 million, for example. The price paid for Love is in the Air, a stenciled depiction of a protester throwing a bunch of flowers in place of a Molotov cocktail by graffiti artist Banksy. But real, true graffiti shouldn't have commercial aspirations, just as a real, true motorway service station shouldn't be a destination in its own right. Graffiti is about laying claim to the public realm, 
through the practice of tagging, whereby artists add their moniker to a wall, like Van Gogh signing his sunflowers. When I read the message on the wall of the men's toilets at Reading Services, I decided that I would spread the word about Chelsea and Gavin. But I also decided that I would collect the things that people scrawl on the walls of public toilets. In general, they fall into five categories. The utilitarian call for sex. Cock fun, 11.45am most days. Canacom, 07. 07. Slave here. And more poetic variations on this theme. I met a cute guy in here. He was at the urinals. He looked at me. I looked at him. About a minute later, he showed me his cock. The man came into the cubicle. I went to wash my hands. Suddenly, the door opened. Then, there are the political statements of differing viewpoints and sophistication. COVID, inverted commas, made by USA in Ukraine lab. Brits out of Ireland. Sudstar, Boris Johnson. Next, the relationship affirmation. Between both people, Kays plus Nath, hashtag Joker plus Harlequin, and places, Heart Russia or Heart London, in parentheses, everyone does. Then there are nonsense words from the Edward Lears of the cubicle scene. Junk, zonk, Yoko Ono, slug cafe, grin, mousy, sop. And finally, the motivational material. Don't take drugs. No hope if you don't hope. Fight for something better. Wax your mum. It is a public square, a place of accidental and intentional poetry. And t'was ever thus. Well sung of your a bard of wit, that some folks read but all folks shit. But now the case is altered quite, since all who come to Boghouse write. Those words were written in the early 18th century, on the wall of a Boghouse, a proto-public toilet. Some folks read, but all folks shit. Now all folks do both. Latrinalia, a bollocks term used, I imagine, only very sparingly in academic circles, has focused on the public toilet as an almost unique space at the intersection of public and private. Yes, you're in John Lewis, but your trousers are around your ankles. Sure, you're waiting for a train, but you've just realised there's no toilet paper. You are both totally alone and totally exposed. And so it makes sense in this environment that the space would be exploited. For sex, sure, as Alfred Kinsey of Kinsey-scale fame noted, but also for the irreverent escape from the strictures of modern life. Just someone alone with their thoughts and a marker pen. And that's what happened at Reading Services. Maybe on Christmas Day itself. Maybe in the weeks before. Maybe if the standard of toilet maintenance had dipped a bit, months or years earlier. Someone took a marker pen, and they sat on the bog by the side of the M4, And they warned us, the world, that our brains are being hacked with iPhones. Your warning was heard, strange sage. The motorway services exist to serve the motorway, which snakes through Berkshire like a serpentine deity. From the ground, Reading services feels like a clearing in a forest. But from above, it sits starkly against the flooded remnants of the old Thiel Gravel Pits complex. Over the course of the 20th century, the clout of the great gravel barons, men who had become rich off the profits of tiny stones intended to foretell the approach of intruders, waned. Gravel was no longer sexy. And so the pits flooded and became places like Hose Hill Lake, which glows a strange, iridescent blue. Until you know why it's radioactive coloured, 
comes the judgment of Reddit user Paradise Whoop. It might be better to avoid swimming in it. Set in this post-Diluvian plain, Reading services are positively Venetian. But when the excavations of the Berkshire soil were made in the 1950s, in order to lay the ground for the London-bound artery of the M4, the earth revealed itself, not in skeletal fish, but in Iron Age remains. A thousand years ago, at Reading services, little Saxon men and women were enclosing little Saxon animals, making little Saxon bread, repelling Viking invasion after Viking invasion. In 1021 AD, the dying days, though they didn't know it then, of the Saxon age, Christmas was known as Yule. It began life as a two-month winter endurance test, but by the time of Alfred the Great, it had taken on its classic 12-day form. On December 25th, the heathens celebrated Modrinact, Mother's Night, while the proto-Christians would celebrate their proto-Christmas. And then, one by one, all the sweet Anglo-Saxons who had enjoyed the Christmas of 1021 AD died. Some died of plague, some died in tavern brawls, some died in childbirth, some died in childhood, and some marched to their death at Hastings in 1066. But they all died, and a thousand years later the last flickering of the civilization they knew was buried under the M4 motorway. And a new civilization, a new Christmas, emerged. The Magi of Costa Pronto, the Shepherds of W.H. Smith, the Donkeys of Chow Asian Kitchen and the camels of the West Cornwall Pasty Company. And me, dare I say it, the little baby Jesus, born back out into the car park, where my partner and my dog are waiting patiently in the car, wondering what the fuck took me so long. In another public toilet in another place, I pull a sharpie out. I would feel bad, but already on the wall another lonely man has written, asking for someone to meet him here and fuck him. A lonely wolf howling for his pack. I think about writing an offer for people to meet me here and record a short interview for my podcast, but I fear it might attract the wrong sort of crowd. There are not many strangers I want to lock myself into a toilet stool with. Instead, pressing the nib of the pen against the wall so it squeaks, I write out the words of Shakespeare. This other Eden... Demi-paradise, this fortress built by nature for herself. Call it marketing, if you like. But for the final transmogrification of the toilet scrawlings, I need help. I call out on Instagram for a singer who might work with me to turn these deranged fragments into something resembling beauty. Thankfully, Laura Christie, a brilliant singer and actress, answers my call like someone dialing a phone number stenciled above the urinal in Tesco. And so... The ballad of Reading Services becomes a ballad. The story gets told, the word gets spread. Chelsea Wade, Gavin Garcia, are hacking brains with iPhones through updates and Robin Banks. Spread and P20, Newport Harlequin. Banking apps, iPhones, implant, KO, junk, zonk, old Brits out of Ireland, harder baby, harder. 
Other Eden's Christmas special, written and presented by me, Nick Hilton, with sound design by my colleague Ewan Cameron and theme music by, as ever, George Jennings. Special thanks, of course, to Laura Christie for that amazing song. Happy Christmas. Hug your loved ones.